Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. All right, so centrality of Christ is actually when we deal with this, it's going to be uh, very important is that, you know, two things that he talks about, one in the priority of the word and one in the centrality of Christ is he talks about growth and he talks about, it's usually about two years before a church begins to really see any kind of, the second year is going to be, you know, as you get to that second year is really tough. Um, I honestly believe uh, with the way things are going, people are looking for answers. Uh, the, the, you just see it. Uh, and we need, to, we need to point them not to ourselves, but to Christ. Uh, so when we talk about the centrality of Christ, one of the things that we need to make sure that we're doing is that as we have ministries in the church, whether it be a, a women's ministry or a men's prayer or whatever it is, that it points to Christ, not to you, the, the leader of the ministry. Uh, even for me here at the church, it, you know, it's, it's not Mike's church, it's, it's Christ's church. And, and so our focus should never be on ourselves. We should always be pointing people to Christ. That's, that's even when you're counseling people. Because a lot of times what they do is you, you can counsel somebody so much that they become so dependent on you. And they're not dependent on the Word of God and not dependent on, on Christ. And so that's why it's important. Uh, for us. Uh, I love what 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And so, uh, we don't teach programs. We don't, uh, we don't do, we don't have any kind of growth chart or anything like that. That's not Calvary. Calvary doesn't do that. Matter of fact, Chuck used to do that before Chuck became Calvary. Chuck used to have to submit how many baptisms were done and how many, how many statements of faith happened. And he said that was always a pressure of having to try to maintain numbers, and that's not what the, the church is about. Uh, because what happens is you become more focused on trying to get your numbers up than to point people to Jesus Christ. And so for us, uh, one of the things that we need to be very careful of is a lot of times when when we have preachers who preach themselves, that's a dangerous thing. And what I mean by that is when we, when we start to worry more about entertaining you, because there are those kind of preachers, uh, where it becomes more about entertainment, it actually is a temptation for the preacher because what it happens is it elevates the preacher and not the Word of God and not Christ. And so we have to be very careful with that. So that's why it says in that verse, for we proclaim is not ourselves. Now, this weekend, as we get into the book of Mark, he's going to be sending out the apostles. And one of the things is he says in one of the synoptic gospels, you proclaim the kingdom of God. 
All you do is herald what was given to you by the king. You start teaching something else, then you're, you're not teaching what, what Jesus has placed on you to teach. We proclaim the kingdom of God. One of the things it talks about is proclaiming the kingdom of God and repentance. Now that's a dangerous word today because nobody wants to turn away from their sin or nobody wants to talk about their sin. But Jesus did. And when he sent his apostles out, that was part of the message that they had to proclaim Christ and repentance. And so part of the unbelief that we had this past weekend when we went over that scripture, remember they marveled at, Jesus marveled at the unbelief. Part of that unbelief was because they, you know, their hearts had become so hard that they re rejected the message. And so remember it says Jesus couldn't do many miracles or couldn't do, it's not because Jesus didn't have the power to do them. It's because they refused to repent. And Nazareth. And so, you know, we preach Jesus. And so at the end of the day, our, our ministries and our services should be pointing people to Jesus. And that includes when we're doing, and this is something that we all need to be mindful of, you know, if we ever move into a bigger building or if we ever have worship and children's ministry as it grows and all those things happen, the thing that we want to try to do is... is Keep the distractions down while worship and the Word is going on. Because what it does is when, when you're up and moving around or when somebody's doing something during worship, um, you know, we've, we've, I, I shared this before, we used to have a guy that used to, you know, he came from a Pentecostal background. And so when he came to the church, he would kind of move around and everybody would stop worshiping and watch him. Now, that's not pointing to Christ. That's pointing to Him. And so somebody would have to go over and tell them, hey, you're, you're making a distraction. And I'll do that. I've seen Pastor Joe do it from the pulpit. He's actually had somebody, I don't know if y'all remember, when that guy actually raised his hand in the middle of the service. Raised his hand in the middle of the service because he didn't agree with something. And he said, I don't agree. Now, first off, what the guy was, didn't, he didn't agree with the rapture, is what, it, what Joe was teaching. It was in the book of Revelation. And what was sad is the scripture was saying that people wouldn't believe. And he was not getting it. And he got so angry and got up. And Joe told him straight up, he goes, hey, uh, this is not a Q&A. I'll, I'll meet with you after and talk with you. And he got upset and headed out, and I met him in the back and talked to him. He was ready to throw down. Big dude. And I was like, I'll answer your questions, man. What it, what it, you know, and I said, if you want to stick around, Joe will talk with you. Or if you want to meet with him after service, he'll talk. But what you're doing is actually interrupting God's Word. And so we have to be very careful with that. We had something like that happen at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And it was my first uh, conference. And so I'd, I, had, I wasn't even assistant pastor yet. I was just an elder. Uh, they had invited me to go and I went. And uh, there was a, a lady during service that came from a very Pentecostal background. And every 
person that went up and talked, she was, she was interrupting. Oh, you got it right on the money, brother. Thank you for sharing that. Out loud. Oh, that's good. That's good, Pastor. And, and to the point where it was stopping the pastor from teaching to try to talk to her. And I only thing I could think of as we walked out of the service after the second time, I was like, didn't we teach this in Calvary Distinctives that this is not supposed to happen? And you have a room full of pastors and nobody's correcting her. And shouldn't we correct her? Right? Because what's happening now is their, your response, they're stopping to respond back to you. And now, instead of the Word being the focus, they're waiting for your response. And that's what was happening. And that's the sad part about when we have distractions. And I mean, I'm sure she came from a Pentecostal type background because, uh, you know, that's that just the response was. And I think it finally after the fifth session, one of the pastors looked at her and said, I think it was Tony Clark. And said, no, no, sister, we're not doing that. Let me finish my point. And corrected her. And I was like, man, uh, at the end of the day, it should have been done on the first person. But it happens. It happens. Even in a pastor's conference, it happens. So one of the things that we need to remember is that the, the devil always wants to create distractions, even during service. And so we need to remember that we're, we're Christ-centered and we should be worshiping God and worshiping Christ. And so when, when Sarah goes into singing... That's when worship begins. And, and, so, and then when I get into the Word, that's the Word of God. And so we, we, need, we need to kind of keep the distractions down. Now, not a big problem. We're a small church. You don't have a whole lot, right? But as you grow, things will happen. So be prepared. So if you see something and you go, man, this is really becoming a... The guy's dancing in the aisle and it's, everybody's looking at, you need to let me know or let one of the guys know and we'll, we'll kind of talk with them after service and say, we're, you know, this is not that type of service. You know, we, because what happens is instead of people coming to worship Christ, they're looking at you. And that's a distraction. And so that's kind of what Chuck was talking about as he talked about the centrality of Christ. I love the verse that we gave you all this weekend in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. He is the, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or, or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body of, of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent, for in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Worthy are You, uh, worthy are you O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things. 
and by your will they existed and were created. And so one thing we need to remember as we worship again is just a, a constant emphasis on Christ. It's, that's what we want. We want people to, to be able to come into the presence of the Lord uh, while we're having service. And so it's, it's an important thing. So Christ should be the center of everything that we do. Um, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who, lived, uh, who loved me and gave Himself for me. So I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. My identity is in Christ, and so I should point people to who? Christ. Right? But a lot of times what we see is we have a Christian celebrity thing happening now. Right? You'll have that kind of stuff happening. Um, and what it does is it points people to the person and not to, to Jesus. And so for Calvary Chapel, it's like an essential. Uh, every ministry, whatever we do, even when we teach in children's ministry, they're learning about Jesus. They're learning Scripture. You know? They're not in there to play and jump around. I mean, they get to do that stuff, but they're in there to learn the Scripture for that day. That's an important thing. Uh, and, and one of the things I love is like we can, we can be, be, we have to be careful about practicing uh, your own righteousness, right? Uh, what I mean by that is, is, is you, can, you can either be a Barnabas or you can be an Ananias and Sapphira. A Barnabas gave right in Acts chapter 4, verse 36 and 37. It says, Then Joseph, who uh, was also called by the apostle Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the, feet of, at the apostle's feet. He did it because that's what the Lord had put on his heart. And, and he didn't try to take glory. Right? But once he does it, what happens with Ananias and Sapphira? They want the, the same praise that Barnabas is getting, right? And that'll happen in a church. People start competing, and that's not what's supposed to happen. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're a family. And, and, and what happens is when we start chasing titles, uh, the title becomes more important than, put, than pointing people to Christ. And, and so we have to be very careful with that. Barnabas did this because this is what God had put on his heart to do. And who got the glory for it? Not Barnabas. God did. God did. And, and it tells you in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward for you uh, from your Father who is in heaven. It's like you want to, be, you want to get all your attaboys? You can. Oh man, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, there, there goes my reward, <laughs> right? But it's like at the end of the day, we have to remember: I, I, we, we, we can't practice your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. It's a hard thing. Can I tell you that? It really is. I remember the first time I started teaching, and they were like, "Man, you, you know, they, you start getting compliments, and you're like." Praise God. Praise God. That's what the Lord's doing. And at a point, I, I, me and Matt have had this conversation. 
Because Matt, when Matt teaches, he's like, Dad, I don't like that. I said, I don't like it either. Because it, it's not pointing them. It's, I would rather hear what you got out of the message. Right? It's more important that I, I, want, I want to hear what you got out of the message. Did you, were you able to pull something that God's you know, going to help you with this week or that you can apply this week? And it's like, but those things do happen. And, and worship is another one. You know, man, you sound really good. I'm, it's going to happen Sunday. Oh, y'all were so good. You know what? Give it to the Lord. Let Him have the glory. Right? Let Him have the glory. Don't take it for yourself. Because if you do take it, you just, you just lost your reward in heaven. And all. Um, and so, you know, I won't go into the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Y'all know how that ended. They sold the land, and then they wanted, they wanted to be seen selling it, but they also wanted to keep some of it. Barnabas did it for the Lord. And so we need to be very careful about practicing our righteousness out in front of people. And what's crazy is when you read that story, Peter gave them an out. They could have said, you know what, I lied, I, I, I've, I've sinned. Didn't say anything. It's sad because, you know, it tells you... Um, you know, I think as Peter said to her, how is it that you agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And Peter told her in verse 8, and he said, and Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the lamb for so much. She could have said, you know what? We lied. We were trying to get the glory for ourselves, plus save some money. We just wanted to be like Barnabas. But they didn't do that. And they both gone. And, and at the end of the day, it's just one of those things we have to be very careful because once you start allowing those compromises and you start pointing people to you, compromise after compromise, next thing you know, it's, you know, you have to be very careful because it can lead you to a spiritual, to become morally and spiritually bankrupt. We have to be very careful with that. And so what we want to do is, like it says, for we proclaim as not ourselves, but, but Jesus Christ is Lord in 2 Corinthians 4, 5. We, we need to remember that. One of the things that's very important is I don't, we don't need self-promoters. Right? Uh, we, I want you to do the things that you're being called to do because I don't want to quench the Spirit. But, but at the same time, if, if you're seeking attention or you're, uh, you're causing a distraction, then we'll have to talk. The answer may be no, you know. It's like everything that we're doing on Sunday is because it's what the Spirit of the Lord has given us to do. We've stepped out in faith and, you know, we're praying that God, but we don't want to quench the Spirit. But if I see somebody, I, the people that we have coming out, I know them. And I know their hearts. And I know they're not coming out for themselves. They're coming out to worship God. It's because it's what they love to do. They love to do praise and worship. And, and honor God. And so we, uh, we have to be very careful. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29 says, that, So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. We, we're, we're flawed. You know, God uses the, the weak. 
And so we need to remember that. We need to remember that humility that, that we are weak. One of the things that uh, the Deep South Conference, Calvary Chapel Deep South Conference was this weekend, and Pastor Sandy Adams had spoke about uh, God using the foolish things of the world um, to confound the wise. And uh, he, he was reminding, he's like, God doesn't care about your, your social status or your financial status. He doesn't care about your power, your recognition. All he cares about is your eternal destination. That's it. That you know his son, Jesus Christ, and you repent and ask Christ into your heart. And he said one of the things that we need as, as leaders and as pastors and uh, even as Christians is wisdom. It's one of the weakest areas that he sees where Christians are failing right now. He said, and don't get me wrong, because he had a, a thing. He goes, what's happening is there's a broad brush that's being painted for Christians. Your NRA, your pro-life, you know, uh, and it just goes down the list. You're, you're, you're an insurrectionist, and, and he goes, and that's a broad brush. He goes, but guess what? Some of you Christians are using the same broad brush on the other side. And you need to seek wisdom, is what he said. And he used James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, because he was, one of the things that hit me is as he was talking about that, I just started thinking about, you know, Solomon at 14. What did he ask for? Wisdom. You know, it's something like if we want to keep Christ at the center, we need wisdom. It's one of the things that we need most right now. Because we look at the world and we're going, this makes no sense. But when you look at the Bible, you go, this makes sense. And, and so wisdom is one of them. The, the verse that he uses in James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct? Let him show his works with in meekness of wisdom. Meekness. That means that you, you may have the answer, but you don't speak. It's power under control. You're, you're waiting for the Spirit to lead you to answer. That's meekness. That's humility. That's hard to do. That's not an easy thing to do. And, and I can tell you, there's been times when I, I failed in this area. And that's one of the things Sandy said. He goes, in 2020, I can tell you, need work on this one. And, and so, but he says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but this is earthly, unspiritual, demonic, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. And we can see a lot of false uh, truths that are out there right now. We know that. Uh, we see a lot, of, a lot of people that will seek earthly wisdom, right? And and, um, and and it's and we see a lot of selfish ambition right now, and our and that's even in the church. It's even in the church. But I love what it says in verse seventeen. He says, and this is what we need to be praying for. But the wisdom from above is first pure. So the first thing we have to have is purity, right? 
So it, 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 one of the things he used was an example of a glass of water. One glass being pure, the other glass a little murky. Anybody who's been in Georgia, there are some places where you can get some murky water and all. But in order for us to, to be able to have that wisdom from above, there needs to be a purity in our walks. And the only way that's going to happen is if Christ is at the center of your life. You've got you to gotta understand that. And then it says, then, then peaceable. Then peaceable. I love what it says in James chapter 3, verse 18 in the New Living Translation. It says, and those who are peacemakers, peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So we need to be pure. We need to be peaceable. And then it says, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So the, we need to be pure, we need to be peaceable, and we need to be impartial. Impartiality is a hard thing to do right now because everybody has an opinion on something. So one of the things Sandy said, it, it's been, and it, it, it was hard to hear because I was like, come on, Sandy. He, he started at Calvary Chapel Stone Mountain at 22 years old. 22, and he showed him a picture with him and his son at the pulpit. And he goes, man, this, he goes, the stuff I'm dealing with, I thought by now I would be this weathered pastor that has all this wisdom. And I'm realizing that I have none. This is all brand new. We're all in, in this together. This is all new. And I was like, well, that's not good. We were hoping that you were going to give us some wisdom. <laughs> but he is. And one of the things he was talking about is this. It's just that we need to be... It's, it's in the church today, everybody wants to hear your opinion. Right? Even when you leave the church, everybody wants to know, what is your opinion on masks? What is your opinion on vaccines? What is your opinion on the politics, right? And, and you know, one of the things he said, you have to know theology to epistemology at this point. And, and honestly, he said, one of the things I've learned to do is if I don't know the answer, I'm not going to have the conversation. I'm not going to go by what the quick answer is on social networks. I need to do the research on it myself. And then pray and ask God to give me wisdom. And then I may get back to you and I may not even answer. And so one of the things that we need to remember is like if we're going to be peacemakers, we need to and plant seeds of, of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. The only way that's happening is if Christ is at the center of your life. And we all have things that are going on in our lives where we need wisdom, right? But it tells you right there, but the wisdom from above comes is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason. How many people do you talk to who are not open to reason? Right? At work or, or you know, even here in town, they're not open to reason. Full of mercy. That's the hard part. Because if they're not open to reason, you've got to show mercy. Good fruits, impartial, and sincere. So 
That's my prayer as a church, that we seek wisdom as we go through these times that we're going through. I will be honest with you. I don't have all the answers. No pastor does right now. We've been blessed to have a building. I don't care if you come through that door in a mask. I don't care if you come through the door in unmasked. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. I don't care. I'm, I want you to come because you need to hear the Word of God. You need to be ushered into the presence of the Lord and that Christ is the center of the church. That's all I care about. And one of the pastors said the, the pastor in Tennessee is kicking people out of his church that have masks on because he said you're fearful and you need to go. And the Calvary Chapel pastor said, said here's my card. You can come to my church because we'll take you a mask or unmasked. Because people need the Word. They need Jesus. So we need to remember as, a, as, as an essential for, for Calvary, Christ has to be at the center. Okay? The other part of it is, is there has to be a priority of the Word. Okay? This is something that anybody who's been in Calvary Chapel knows that we are a verse by verse, chapter by chapter, teaching church. We were in Mark chapter 1, verse... 6, 1 through 6 last week. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13 this week. That's one of the beauties of Calvary Chapel, is you know where you're going to be at in Scripture. You know that, that you're in the book of Mark for a while. You're going to be there for a while. We're going to be in the book of Daniel for a while once we get started. Probably won't finish it till next year. But that's the beauty of Calvary Chapel. We put a priority of the Word. Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, what? Feed my sheep. He didn't say count my sheep or entertain my sheep. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to, to feed, and I'm here to feed the sheep. That's, that's my job as a pastor. So my time in the Word is so precious. It really is. And, and so I, I, <laughs> I need to make sure you get a full meal on Sunday. And you're fed here on, on Wednesday. So one of the things that we struggle with is uh, that I've noticed in, in just in the time that I've been a Christian since 2009 is people don't read their Bibles. They don't have a priority of the Word. They can't figure out why they're not growing. They can't figure out why they don't have wisdom. They can't figure out why Jesus is not the center of their life. It's because they're not in God's Word. They don't know, never open the Bible up. You ask them where you're at and you're reading this. You know, it's just it is what it is. And we need to be in God's Word. And in Psalm 138.2 it says, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness from you have exalted above all things your name and your word. I, we come into the presence of God's word. It's saying, I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks. But it says, exalted above all things your name and your word. Your name and your word. And so one of the things that we need to understand is, that are you going to build your life on God's word? And I don't have any app. I'm thinking now. <laughs> I don't have any applications tonight. So that would be one of them. Do you build your life on God's Word?
Who's directing your life? You know, at the end of the day, uh, we have to decide. I, I love that verse that we had last week when we talked about grace. It's grace and truth. Where do you get the truth from? It's from God's Word. You need to be in God's Word. I mean, you have grace, grace, grace. But you need God's Word. You need that truth. Luke chapter 21, verse 33 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. All of these verses are probably very familiar to you because you've heard them. So what are you going to continue to learn in heaven? His Word. It's, it's part of us understanding that we're... That's why you know it's important for us to, to, to read the Word of God out loud to, when we share the Scripture. The whole reason we got this little mic is so we can give honor to God's Word and actually stand. And we won't hear all the rumbling of the chairs. We won't pick all that stuff up. All right? We need that. We need to honor God in His Word. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to the exhortation and the teaching. The public reading of Scripture. It's given to us from the Apostle Paul. Jerry Bridges says this, it says, uh, It's impossible to practice godliness without a constant, consistent, and balanced intake of the Word of God in our lives daily. You can't, you can't balance things. Everything will be all over the place. I've said it before, one of the biggest struggles we see in the church today is, is biblical illiteracy. People don't spend time in God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped, may be complete and equipped for every good work. We have to trust the, the, the reliable, inerrant Word of God. It's without error. That's what guides our life. And, and so that's why we ask that question is, do you build your life on God's Word? And we want to see, I mean, at the end of the day, we want to see this generation actually come up and, and, and know the Word of God. They, I can't imagine the world that my grandkids are going to inherit. So what is my job as a grandfather is to make sure they are, have a foundation of the Word of God. Because whatever they go through, they got God's Word. And I know some of us probably feel like we're on shaky ground now. Right? Even as, as we're Christians, we're like, well, man, why is these things happening the way they're happening? What's going on? You just are waiting for God to show up in a big way. And God is waiting for you to show up to do your daily reading. You're begging. Lord, I need you. God's saying, I'm begging. I need you in the Word so I can speak to you. So uh, I love what, what uh, Jesus tells Pilate in John chapter 18, verses 37 through 38. And Jesus, uh, then Pilate said to him, So you are, are the king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am the king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of truth listens to my 
voice. The men of God of Calvary Chapel, they were men of the word. You, I mean, Kay just, they just did Kay's service. Kay was, Kay was a person who was in God's word, you know? And it should charge us to be in God's word as well. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, it says, you, you, however, have allowed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecution and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and in Lystra, which persecutions had endured yet from them all the Lord rescued me. He's like, you followed my teaching is what Paul's telling Timothy. Right? You followed my teaching. And, and that's, you know, for us, we want to make sure that y'all get sound teaching here. You know? It's, it's not the fact that, that you know, that, you know, there are some great uh, men of God that, that are able to go through the Word of God. And, uh, but it's, you think, sometimes people will think, well, it has to be a pastor. Only the pastor can help me with the Word of God. No, you have the Holy Spirit. Distractions. All right. How many of that just took you all somewhere else? See? That's, that's what I was talking about. Uh, hopefully I get to talk to him about making a change. I don't know why I can't go out the back door and through the side. We'll, we'll try to fix that because that's a distraction. See how quickly you were taking... That was a practical application for you to learn, which is awesome, right? Uh, so we, we, we want sound teaching. We want to, to give you sound teaching. Now, it, as, as dumb as I am, I do have a degree from... from uh, I say I don't even remember... From Liberty University. Does that mean anything? No. What 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 means something is actual the actual time that I spend in God's Word to make sure that I can try to help guide you through the Word of God. Uh, the thing that we all we all need to focus on is if we're in God's Word for His teaching, it's going to give us our conduct of how we should carry ourselves. It also gives us the aim of life as as we humbly submit. Uh, to the Lord and God's Word. And then we have faith and we trust. We're able to trust God's uh, direction for our life because we're able to focus in on God's Word and it, it, it stabilizes us during a very unstable time in our world. Too many people are focused on the worldly things and not the eternal. It tells you that in Colossians, right? And, and so we see that all the time. So, I, you know, when we look at the, the Word of God in First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 and 25, it says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. For sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. There, go, there goes purity again. Right? Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, you're born through the living an abiding Word of God. To the Word of God. And we can find steadfastness in that. When going through persecutions or sufferings, we, we can fall back on God's Word. 
And that's why he tells you in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And, and this is very important. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Right? So we're, we're supposed to spend time in, in God's Word. That's why I love when we read Ezra, and Ezra, in Ezra chapter 8, verses 1 through 8, I won't go through the whole thing because we're, we're winding up on time here. But it talks about them opening Ezra the scribe, opening the book of the law, and the people eager to hear the word of the law. And so hopefully that's what we're praying for Sunday, is as we come before God, people are hungry to worship and hear the word of God from Wade Collier, from Pastor Wade. That they would be lives changed that day because of God's word. The Holy Spirit will start knocking on people's hearts. Maybe directing them back where they've strayed away for a little bit and bring them back to Christ. It's God's word that does that. First Peter chapter 1, verse 25, But the word of the Lord remains forever, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. And so our foundation is in God's word. Romans chapter 1, verses, uh, 1, verse 16, we know the verse very well, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. It's God's word that builds the church. So, that's what Chuck was talking about. So, we're, you know, we may stay like this for about two years. Don't freak out. Chuck says... People freak out at the two-year mark. Honestly, we figured nobody would be here but me and Teresa for the first year. So we're already like, praise God, right? <laughs> praise God, right? And so for us, the, what do we focus on for Calvary Chapel? We keep Christ at the center, and we do what? We preach the Word. We preach the word. So if you have, like, if y'all decide in 2022 that there's going to be a women's study, what are you going to do? You're not going to just get together and meet at Starbucks or go have coffee or just, you're going to preach. You're going to have a devotion or something. You preach the word. Same thing with the men. You're not going to just show up and just, hey, let's have donuts and coffee. We're going to, there'll be a little bit of something to feed you. It's the word of God. It's the word of God that changes lives. But we have to keep Christ at the center of it. The reason why we do that is because why? If not, we're just going out for donuts and coffee. And fellowship. We're there to do what? To pray. That's what men's prayer is. Unfortunately, a lot of guys are men's tacos. They're ready for the taco part of it. So. But that's what we need to pray for. So, you know, as we look at Calvary Chapel Divine, just keep praying that we don't lose these essentials that we stick to preaching the word of god and we keep everything in our lives that christ is the center of each of our lives and god will do the adding and subtracting okay that's that's not my job i i just have to be prepared every wednesday and sunday and be prepared you know if y'all need me beyond that i'm, I'm available and that's and that's even for y'all that are watching online 
You know, at the end of the day, we're 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 a very small church that's getting going, but you know, hey, we're doing a night of worship. We got the Cactus Fest coming up, which is a whole whole other thing because I found out they need help with the kids corral. So they're needing ideas for the kids corral and that's where our balloon thing is gonna go up and so ten thirty to five o'clock. That's a long day. I think they said six thirty possibly too, but I was like, Whew, that's gonna be shifts of people that would have to go in there. But we're gonna pray about it and see what God wants to do. No matter how small we are, we just step out in faith and do it. But even if we're passing balloons out, we still want to promote Christ. If somebody wants to talk about Jesus, we want to invite them to the church. We want to say, hey, well, we meet right here. If you ever want to come, there's a Bible over there if you want one. They're free. Same thing this weekend. The water's free, but you can have, you can have water that you'll never be thirsty again. That's a great, can I get your water? Do you want something that you would never be thirsty again? You know, it's, it's important for us to be in the Word so we can share the Gospel, right? Let's pray, and we'll go ahead and close up for tonight. Uh, Father God, we do thank You, Lord, for tonight. We do pray. We ask that You get everybody home safely, Lord. And, and we do pray for this, this little church. I think about Mary, I was, I was Who am I thinking of? This little country church. I know it was one of those bands, the early ones. But uh, we pray for this little church, Lord. Uh, it's your church. Uh, we ask, Lord, and I ask that you help me feed your sheep. Um, and I, ha I ask, Lord, that you, you grow your sheep. Um, we don't want anybody to be stagnant. We want them to continue to grow and, and um, to be in your word, to be in prayer. And, and uh, we thank you, Lord, just for us even having this building, to have a place to be able to come in and worship, to, uh, uh, to be able to... Uh, to, to have fellowship and, and to spend time with each other. We thank you so much for that. And we do pray. We pray for Marcus and, and uh, this building. We pray for the night of worship this Sunday. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in this little town in Divine. Uh, we pray that there would just be a mighty movement of God. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless. We would love to invite you to come out and join us for our free prayer and worship night on Sunday, September 12th at 6 p.m. at the VFW parking lot located at 211 West College Avenue in Divine, Texas. Performing that night will be Darren Miller, Jarrell, the Rise Worship Band, the Grace Worship Band, and a special message from Pastor Wade Collier all the way from Houston, Texas. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 5, it says, Stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessings and praise. Come join us as we stand up and worship the Lord and lift up the city of Divine, Medina County, and the state of Texas. We hope to see you there. To get more information on this event, you can go to calvarydivine.org. calvarydivine.org.